Does an orthopedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and hands. Plus, we're the official healthcare partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com slash sportsmed or call 888-4-GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital. Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. I did some research and I realized that when you're young, the traumas you go through, whether they're big or small, impact you in the same way. They did a study where they took a kid from middle America, you know, white, wealthy, who was bullied. And they scanned his brain. And then they took a kid from the middle of the city whose mom got shot directly in front of him. And they scanned his brain and they realized the effect of the trauma in both of those kids were the same. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Zong, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zong, and it is so, so much my honor to bring to you Justin Shank, who is a dear friend that I got to meet through another dear friend, Amberly Lago. He is an entrepreneur, a speaker, the host of a top-rated podcast, The Growth Now Movement. He has an amazing resume, which you wouldn't believe that he's got this amazing resume if you knew where he came from. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I mean, he came from, I mean, we talk about humble beginnings, but this guy had really humble beginnings. I mean, really humble. Parents who were jail, drug addict, I mean, you name it. And yet now he's a top eight podcaster. He was named, you know, by Inc. Magazine and Thrive Global as an icon of influence in the new media space. He has interviewed some of the top leaders and, and, and thought leaders in the world. And you know, how did he get there? How did he get there? How did he get here? And that's what I want to talk about today. How does he, how did he unlock those secrets? How did he unlock the secrets of becoming who he is today? And that's what I want to talk about today. So it is my honor and my pleasure to welcome you today, Justin. Rebecca, thank you so much. It's my honor to be here, uh, to know um, who you are and the impact you're making in the world. Just honored to be able to have this conversation with you here. Uh, thank you. So, you know, you really are a phoenix rising from the ashes in a lot of ways. I mean, and, and I'm so in awe of you and so inspired by you. I wanted to say that right from the beginning. Thank you. No, you know, it means a lot. And it's so funny. I think Sometimes, and we'll, I'm sure we're going to get into the nitty gritty of everything, but, you know, 
when you are the person navigating the journey, you don't realize sometimes how much you have overcome. And there are moments where you need to reflect and celebrate uh, and not beat yourself up and not do all those things. So when I hear you say that, it means so much because it gives me a moment to go, you know what? Uh, Although you still have massive goals and you're going to build such great things and continue to build what you're building now, um, you've come so far. And I think there's a huge win in being able to celebrate even the smallest things, uh, let alone the huge journey that so many people are able to walk and overcome. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really wanted to highlight your story because there's so many people in my community who are struggling, who are struggling with a lot of the same things that you struggled with. You know, maybe it's it's not necessarily parents, but or maybe it is parents or a family member or a spouse, or maybe it's somebody that they work with or, you know, who knows, but somebody in their life that they're close to who, you know, similar to you, who, you know, just... They just feel stuck. They feel victimized. They feel like they just, you know, paralyzed. And, excuse me, and they, they don't know where to turn. And, and you were in that path at one point in your life. And so let's go back to your journey, back to the beginning. Tell us about your childhood your junior year in high school. Yeah, you know, I always say that's kind of the catalyst, even though it started so much before then. But I always say, you know, if there was a senior superlative in high school uh, for least likely to succeed, it would have been me. Uh, I had a 1.7 GPA. At that point, my mom was in the middle of a 20-year opioid addiction and my dad was in jail. And so if you look at all of that, all signs pointed to you've got no shot, kid. Right. As a matter of fact, statistics say if your parent's an addict, you have a 50 percent chance of being an, uh, an addict. And if your parent is in jail, you have a 50 percent chance of ending up in jail. Like you do that math of where I was. I'm 100 percent screwed. Add on the fact that I was a terrible student and wasn't getting into college and wasn't getting, you know, you know the next con- potential step handed to me in any way, shape or form. Um, but if we were to go back even further I mean, my mom got arrested for addiction when I was 12 years old for the first time. Wow. What I mean by that is my mom, my mom had uh, the typical white American, middle America addiction, right? It was opioids. Uh, And it was right at the time when it was first sweeping the nation. We didn't even realize it was a thing. Um, and it, like, there's literally television shows now about that era of how these pills are being pushed to women, just like my mom who felt lost. And, you know, my mom found these drugs at the same time she worked in a pharmacy. And so she was stealing the pills oh. and that's how she got caught. Um, and that was the first aha moment. And then many, many years, 20 plus years of really um, figuring out, like, how do we solve this right in and out of rehab and AA meetings and Alateen. Um, and so I was taught at a very, very young age what I did not want in my life. Uh, and I think that was my big aha moment. Like, obviously, when you're 12 or even when you're 16 or 17, you don't know what you want out of life. Um, but it's very easy to pinpoint, OK, I don't want that. And then how do we kind of shift our focus and look at, OK, how do I build something that I want in my life? And that was really the big catalyst for me was to go, OK, well, how do I build something that I want? Yeah. And I will say, you know, my mom also struggled with addiction. And I actually, my brother and I actually went to Alateen as well. And, you know, when you're 
I think when you're a child of an addict, that way you you actually choose, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be that way or you kind of become that, I think. I don't know. And, and I think that sometimes you either become like hyper responsible, you know, because you kind of have to grow up really fast. Yeah, it, it's it's true. I mean, I learned self-awareness uh, at a very, very young age to be like, okay, how do I act in certain scenarios or certain circles? Or how do I interact with 40-year-olds when I was 14? Like I was learning all of these things because um, at the, the same, you know, to, to kind of backtrack a little bit, at the same time, my mom was first, we were first discovering my mom's addiction. I broke both of my hips. Uh, And so when you're a 12, 13 year old kid, you know, who was a huge baseball fanatic, who was a rather good pitcher at that age and like little league all-stars and all that stuff. And you break both your hips, like everything halted for me as a child at a very young age. How how old were you when you broke your hips? So I was 12, the first one, and then just about 14, the second one that I broke. So they broke it at two different times. Uh, The first one I was skateboarding. Oh and it shattered into five pieces and, and went on to nine months plus of surgeries and crutches to fix that uh, and wheelchairs and so on and so forth. And then the second time I just, I just stood up out of a chair and turned around and it fell out of the socket. So oh come gosh. to find out I was born with a growth plate deficiency in my hips, oh, um, which weakened wow. them at birth. And we, we weren't aware until the first one. And then obviously everything unfolded from there, you know, uh, and it's funny because I still limp to this day, but I'm able to do everything that any kid or any adult can do, right? I work out, I run, I do the things that I have to do uh, to semi stay healthy wherever I can. Um, but yeah, you know, going through those traumas as a young kid, um, it really makes you aware of the things that you can and can't do. And so I always, I always said that I was the only 14 year old I knew who would rather hang out with 40 year olds than other 14 year olds. <laughs> Um, uh, because you know, there were, it was more my speed at that point. I couldn't run around the neighborhood with the kids anymore. So, uh, it was really an aha moment for me, but here's the thing I learned about trauma. Uh, I was reading an article one time about what children go through and how it affects them because so often people would come to me and go, well, Justin, my story is not like your story. You know, my mom wasn't an addict. My dad wasn't in jail and, and, and you know, these things didn't happen to me. Uh, and I, I did some research and I realized that when you're young, the traumas you go through, whether they're big or small, impact you in the same way. They did a study where they took a kid from middle America, you know, white, wealthy, who was bullied, and they scanned his brain. And then they took a kid from the middle of the city whose mom got shot directly in front of him, and they scanned his brain, and they realized the effect of the trauma in both of those kids were the same. Yeah. Um, and so I always like to say that because sometimes people hear certain stories and they go, well, I can't relate. Or, you know, my story is not that story, so I can't use that as a catapult to build something. But the reality is we all have traumas that we went through and it has affected us greatly. And I want to shine a light on those people who feel like they're not seen because it's not this grandiose thing. Um, But the first thing is to realize that, you know, if you want to start to overcome is to realize that your story is important uh, and it is here to make an impact in in some way, shape or form, whether that's on a grand stage or or a small one-on-one stage. Yeah. Well, I mean... The effects of bullying are, you know, it is a trauma. It is a huge trauma. I mean, I know. I mean, I was bullied as a kid, too. I mean, for being Asian. And, you know, people people have a hard time realizing that nowadays because, you know, Asian is 
almost cool in a lot of ways nowadays, you know, but in those days it really wasn't. But, you know, so I want to know, how did you start to pivot? How did you start to go, okay, this isn't what I want for my life? I mean, because you could have very easily taken a pass and gone, you know what? I get to be a victim. I had a drug addict as a mom. My dad was in jail. I get to be a victim. Yeah. And um, I think there are parts of me that were, and I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but I think that there were parts of me that were worried that I would lean into being a victim. Uh, and that started at a young age, obviously, when you break your hips, you're weighted on and people get you things and you don't have to do a lot on your own. Uh, and then that carried on after to when I was healed. And then I realized as that my life started to fall apart, uh, you know, having to change high schools and moving with my aunt and uncle, um, I realized that I could very much slip into that. And so I actually became very, very strict. And I stayed away from drugs when friends started to explore that. And I stayed away from drinking at a young age. And I was like, let me just completely steer clear of this. Um, So again, it started with an awareness. Uh, But the second thing, it became a long journey for me to figure out what I wanted. You know, 19 years old, I got into direct sales because obviously college wasn't wasn't my jam and I wasn't going to work at a convenience store for the rest of my life. And I was like, Nothing wrong with that, by the way, if you want to do that. It wasn't for me. Um, But getting into direct sales, I started to learn entrepreneurship and communication skills and public speaking. Uh, But then more importantly, I was handed a book by my mentor inside of that company. And the book was called Who Moved My Cheese? Um, Very easy read. If you haven't read it, like 45 minutes, you can read the whole thing. But the book essentially is about that things are always going to change around you. What matters is how you react to that change. And so obviously it spoke to me of like, yeah, just because things were bad around me doesn't mean that I'm bad. doesn't mean that I have to take on that same life. Uh, And so I really believe that's really when the journey began for me as far as figuring out, okay, great. If I can create my own life, how do I do that? Uh, And so I became obsessed with the idea of entrepreneurship uh, and creating financial success in my life. Uh, And so I went on to have three failed businesses of my own, uh, just like the typical entrepreneurial story of, you know, you fail many, many times. And so finally I was just like, okay, I I clearly am not very good at this entrepreneur thing. I need to figure out how to be good at it. At the same time, building a really good career in in, um, the corporate world in medical sales and medical sales management, because I learned those skills. But I was like, I wanted to create my own freedom and I wanted to do it on my own and build my own wealth. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. 
Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash best life, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash best life to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash best life. Did you know that Americans spend more than 90% of their time indoors and that in some cases, indoor air can actually be more polluted than outdoor air? And that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths across the world every year? Airborne allergens are the most common allergy triggers such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. We are so happy to introduce an air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so that your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor is amazing and it comes with no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctor.com and use the promo code YOURBESTLIFE. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 40% off. You're saving up to 40% off. Lock in this special offer by going to AIRDOCTORPRO.com and use the promo code YOURBESTLIFE. And uh, launched the podcast. And I said, hey, I want to sit down and interview entrepreneurs so I can pick their brains and figure out how to be a better entrepreneur. Uh, and, and it was funny. That's, that's what was my ultimate goal in life was to go build a business. So people can look at me and go, wow, Justin, you, you proved everybody wrong. You really created something, even though, you know, all signs pointed to, you've got no shot. Um, and then six months before I launched the show, my mom actually lost her battle with opioids. Oh God. And that was my, the beginning of a really big moment for me to realize like, okay, well, there's so much more to life than things, right? My mom um, struggled her whole entire life. And I realized that my mom didn't die because she was an addict. She died because she didn't love herself. Right. And you were really close to her. Yeah. I mean, she was my favorite person on the planet. When we talk about it's, it's interesting when we talk a lot about my mom's demons. Uh, I always do like to highlight, she was a great mom. She loved me unconditionally. She supported Mm -hmm. me wholeheartedly total mama's boy through and through, uh, proud to say it. And, um, you know, when, when we lost her, it was a really, really sad time, uh, for me to really begin to reflect. And I ended up going on a three month bender where I was blackout drunk every single night. Coming up more on negotiate your best life with Rebecca zone as males in this world. We feel like we need to go make a ton of money, build the big house, get the hot girl, get the car, do all these things. Um, and then finally we can begin to love ourselves or be happy or enjoy life. Uh, when it's the exact opposite, if you can figure out how to love yourself and enjoy life, everything else falls into place almost automatically. The world really shows you what you need to do in order to create that success. And I think that's the secret that most people miss. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging, like a narcissist or other high-conflict personality, and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation cheat sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com. Are you so ready to shut down that narcissist for good? 
I totally get it. And my brand new book is now available for pre-sale, Slay the Bully, How to Negotiate with a Narcissist and Win. If you pre-order the book, you get tons of free gifts, including early access to the manuscript, early access to my private launch team. You get my free masterclass and a whole complete workbook. The total value of the free gifts is close to $400. So you just go to slaythebully.com to pre-order the book and then claim all your powerful trainings, your mindset tools, everything for free just by pre-ordering the book. Slaythebully.com to find out more and start learning how to shut down that narcissist for good. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. Your parents' decision to leave the country they were in for a better future for you was an entrepreneurial decision. So you got to understand like that's essentially that's how you came into the world. Like here's the decision. Now we're going to make it work. We're all going to do it together. So yes. And I I think um, certainly there's got to be a lot of um, a lot of head noise about not having to go back and not failing and not. Yo, know, but again, I think there's there's probably some other things I haven't dealt with in life that would would maybe make you think similarly. But I think you know it's a pretty big deal um, to leave a culture, right, and to leave family and everything your whole family has known your whole life. And now we return to today's show. And, and so you kind of were like, well, maybe I'm choosing her path in some ways for that three month. No, for sure. Uh, But again, going back to me being super self-aware from a young age, I knew what I was doing. Like I knew I was numbing the pain. I knew that I was running, um, but it did get to a point where I was like, I don't know if I can actually stop this, right? Like how do I finally face my, my feelings? And I had a coach at the time and she called me one day and she said, Hey, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I'm going out with some buddies. And she goes, no, you're not. She's like, you're going to sit home and you're going to feel every single thing that you need to feel. And that night was the hardest night of my life. But when I woke up, I realized two things. Number one, um, I realized that I didn't love myself either. And number two, I realized the things that I was chasing were all to uh, try and prove people wrong. So I can, in some way, shape or form, love myself. Um, you know, and it was really this aha moment for me to really begin the internal work that I needed to do instead of con- continuously focusing on the outside. Specifically as males in this world, we feel like we need to go make a ton of money, build the big house, get the hot girl, get the car, do all these things. Um, And then finally, we can begin to love ourselves or be happy or enjoy life uh, when it's the exact opposite. If you can figure out how to love yourself and enjoy life, everything else falls into place almost automatically. The world really shows you what you need to do in order to create that success. And I think that's the secret that most people miss. Mm. Are you still working with that coach? I'm not. So we worked together for about a year. She's still a dear friend of mine. Um, and she's, she's amazing. She was a really became a spiritual and a relationship coach for me. Um, mm. and it was, it was quite the journey, uh, for me to open my eyes and see so much about myself. So are you a spiritual person? 
I am. Uh, I'm a spiritual person, and to kind of put that in context, like it's not the the it's not the religious box that it's put in. Uh, I grew up in the church, a Methodist church. My grandfather was a pastor. Actually, at one point, oversaw all the churches in the state of New Jersey. Um, and but from a very very young age, would question certain things about organized religion. Uh, now I consider myself a Christian, um, but. I really have created my own spiritual journey as far as like, what does this all mean? What is, what is the, the grant what's, what's beyond this, right? What's beyond this conversation you and I are having? Yeah, no, because I believe that our loved ones become, you know, like sort of a strong guardian spirits for us once they cross over and even stronger because they don't have the human limitations. And I, I feel like maybe, you know, your mom kind of spoke through that coach, you know, at that time and was like, you know, kind of picked you up at that three month period there and said, no, yeah. this is not going to be the case. I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I agree with you. And I don't, I don't think I necessarily knew it at the time. I think my, my spiritual journey really began around that time. So there were more questions than answers. Uh, and I've, you know, I've gone into meditations and have spiritual leaders and I've done energy work and I've done all these things. Um, and here's what I believe in this lifetime, right? I believe that we're spiritual beings having a, a human experience. Oh yeah. Pierre de Chardon. Chardon. Yeah. 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 Um, that, I heard it somewhere probably from that guy. Uh, and yeah. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. And I do believe when we pass, uh, if we have had some traumas in this lifetime, we have some time to heal. Um, and we have to do the work to heal ourselves in our past life. And then we can, we can be guides to others. And I do believe that my mom is a guide now. Yeah. I've gotten words, you know, from Gabby Bernstein to confirm that and some other yes. people that do that type of work. And so for me, um, yeah, I, I feel really blessed to know that she's still with me on this journey. And I believe that we're, we're making an impact in a sense together. Um, because part of her, I mean, her journey is part of my story. Right. And so yeah. I believe we're making this impact together, whatever that really looks like for, you know, whoever's paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that she probably picked you up at that 90 day period there and said, "Mm -mm, you're, you're here to help people and make, you know, this part of your, you know, it, it happened for you. Right. And look at the impact you're making on the world because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. And I don't really doubt it um, because I was able to flip such a switch in that moment, right? Like being able to feel those feelings and then feeling empowered in a way, right. Mm -hmm. Um, to go, yeah, I can, I can do this. I can, in a sense, what, what you do, Rebecca, and what I do, uh, a lot of times can be viewed as a burden, although a gift, a burden, right. To carry a weight of so many people to understand that our words can mean so much, um, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, and so I think it gave me the strength to be able to step into that person, um, and to be able to build the audience that I've been able to build with the podcast, um, I don't think I would have been able to handle it without that support, you know, it, that happened in that 90 day moment, you know? Absolutely. Do you have any siblings? I do. I have two older sisters. Uh, so I'm the baby and also the only boy. Uh, and so I have two wonderful sisters who are uh, some of my dearest friends. And 
uh, we're super, super close. Uh, that's awesome. So I want you to talk about your inner critic and how you think that impacts, you know, our limiting beliefs and what um, your your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, I think even to this day, my inner critic is my my uh, greatest opponent. Uh, you know, to have I, I call it my saboteur. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm hard on uh, I'm hard on people I love, and I am harder on myself the more I love myself. To hold myself to a standard uh, in so many ways. Good, bad, or indifferent. God bless my wife for, uh, <laughs> but you know, struggling with through this with me. But it's a constant work in progress, right? Like I've been because of the way that I grew up, I felt like I was never enough, right? And through therapy and coaching, I found out that with the parents that I had, I had abandonment issues. Not that I was ever abandoned, um, but there was a sense of oh, you. It's so easy to choose something over me, right? Uh, uh, um, you know, a quick hit or a quick fix, something over me, and you realize that these limiting beliefs that we gain as children specifically kind of stick with us no matter, no matter the work we do. Right. But the key is to learn the work that we have to do to, in order to overcome them when that voice wants to come back out of nowhere. Right. Uh, and so for me, it's a constant battle. Um, but at the same time, it's a lot easier for me to overcome it now and a lot quicker for me to overcome it now than it was five, 10, 20 years ago. Um, and so for me, it's really about identifying what, where are these voices coming from? Where is this inner dialogue coming from? And then figuring out what works for you, uh, in order to make sure that you can work through those moments of questioning, right? Like every next new thing that I decide I'm going to do, um, because everything I tend to do is grandiose and big. Um, you know, that voice comes up and they're like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? And I have to be able to do the work to overcome that, to understand that, hey, I've got a role in this life to make an impact in some way, shape, or form. And so if I don't overcome this silly little voice, uh, I'm not going to be able to make that impact. And so, so yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a constant battle. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we carry them and we bottle them up, it can definitely affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get them off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know it's definitely been helpful for me in learning how to deal with past trauma and set boundaries and be the best version of myself. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's super convenient because it's all online and flexible. Just Fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash negotiate today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash negotiate. Yeah, I get it. For me, it's the saboteur. You, you get to sit in the back. You don't get to drive. <laughs> you don't get to touch the radio. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you talk about a three-step process of, you know, getting uncomfortable and, you know, so why don't you talk about that? 
Yeah. So this was more of a deconstruction of things that I was able to do in my life. Uh, it started right in the beginning of COVID. COVID was a blessing for me because I was on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, the next event, the next speaking engagement, the next whatever. And obviously COVID stopped the world and it allowed me to kind of reflect on everything over the you know first number of years of business and podcasting. Um, and I realized that old question that would come up to me all the time was like, you've been through so much. How have you created what you've created? Um, and I realized that it was over number. The number one step was overcoming the limiting beliefs that I had in my life to think like, who am I to do this? Right. That whole, what was the, what was the super popular phrase for a while? It was like, uh, Oh, imposter syndrome. Everybody was talking about imposter syndrome and all those things. And, and I was like, well, it's clearly these limiting beliefs. And so I kind of dissected like, what have I done to overcome the limiting beliefs that were in my life? And I realized that there was a, a simple, not easy, but simple three-step process to overcome those limiting beliefs. And the first one was getting uncomfortable, meaning you have to do something outside of your comfort zone in order to evolve into the person you're meant to be. And I always go into the idea of like, you know, we talked about spirituality, right? So like we're all energy, right? Protons, neutrons, electrons, if you want to break it down to science. Uh, and so in order to disrupt our patterns, we have to do something to get us out of those patterns. And so I always say the first step is get uncomfortable. The second part is surrounding yourself with the right people um, because getting uncomfortable is uncomfortable. And so you need to make sure that these people are there to support you and guide you and, and make sure you can go through with the things you're about to do. And the third thing is take action because nothing works unless you do, right? Like, here's the thing. If you're somebody who has sat on their couch their whole life, ate junk food their whole life, and you got super out of shape, and all of a sudden you said, I want to be the in the most the best shape I've ever been in my life. First, yeah, I think you have to publicly decree it, right? Say, I'm going to do something way outside of my comfort zone physically um, to make sure that I can become physically fit. The second thing is, do you have the right support system? Are there people going to make sure that you're moving your butt instead of sitting on your butt? Uh, and then the third thing is, are you actually going to get up and you're going to do it, right? And if you don't do those three things, you're not going to change your body composition. You're not going to become healthier. Uh, and that's just the reality. And so just like that in every part of your life, um, any limiting belief you have, you can put that into place and you're able to, to create the life that you're, you're destined to have. Yeah. And, and you've actually been able to do that. I mean, you've, you've, you've actually really overcome a lot of your limiting beliefs. I mean, you, you know, look at what you've been able to accomplish. I mean, your podcast has been on the air for what, seven years, I think you said. Yeah. We just passed seven years. Yeah, seven years. So you were podcasting back before anybody was really podcasting. I mean, it was like amazing that you were, I mean, nobody even knew what a podcast was when you started podcasting, you know, and you know, you've, you've really interviewed some of the most incredible thought leaders in the world, uh, you know, so, and I mean, you've, you've actually been able to, um, persuade some of the most incredible people to be on your podcast. And, you know, so you talk about having like the top, you know, like who you're surrounding yourself with. Talk about that. Yeah. I think, you know, that second step of who, who are you surrounding yourself with? Um, you know, everybody knows the quote, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, right? Jim Rohn. Great quote. It's super famous. And the reason it's super famous is because it's super true. And so when we look at that, I heard it for the first time when I was in the direct sales company. 
And I was like, oh, well, I want to be a millionaire. So I have to get rid of all of my friends and go find five millionaires who want to hang out with me. And all of a sudden, that's that's what I'm going to become. Uh, and then very, very quickly went into my head and said, what five millionaires would want to hang out with a broke 19-year-old who's trying to figure it out? Uh, and I gave up on that whole promise and or that whole premise. And I really kind of, every time I would hear that quote, I'd kind of like cringe a little bit because I'm like, oh, it just doesn't, that doesn't seem right. And it's really because I wasn't viewing it right. Right. Like I literally thought you had to scrap everything and, and go find five of the same person and spend the time with them. Uh, and, you know, fast forward to probably about, I'm, I'm 38 now. So probably about 34, 35, I looked back and I was like, well, who did I spend time with? Obviously I've got different groups of friends. Like I look at my four groomsmen that were in my wedding. Uh, the, the longest friendship was 38 years. We've been friends since birth and the shortest one was 19 years. Right. So like none of what I've created now are, are the four super important people to me that I said, Hey, will you be my groomsmen? Um, but I realized I was really intentional about five specific role of people that or roles of people that would fit into my life. And the first one, the first one's the cheerleader. Um, and this is a person who, and the, here's a fun fact about this too. My, my cheerleader was actually the guy who married me and my wife. Um, so he's the cheerleader in my life, but also uh, he happens to be a pastor who uh, married us, but the cheerleader. And this is the person who uh, cheers you on through the good and the bad makes you feel like you can run through a brick wall. You know, when you call them and go, Hey, I think I've got a million dollar idea after you tell them what it is they go, you know what? That's a billion dollar idea. You know, that person who pumps you up. The second person is your bruiser. And the bruiser is the person who questions your moves and says, Hey, is this the right thing? Do you think you're going about this the right way? Do you think that's right for you? Um, but those things come from a place of love. And this is interesting because with what you talk about with narcissism, you need to make sure that this person is not an abuser. It's a bruiser. There's two different things, right? To separate those two. Um, you have to make sure that this person has your best interest in mind. The third person is your softy. This is the person when things are going wrong, It's you can cry on their shoulder. Uh, you can complain. You can let it all out. Um, but then they help you back up, right? They're not an enabler, but they're there to hear you when you need to be heard and then lift you back up. The fourth person is a mentor. Now I look at mentor a little bit differently. I look at a mentor as somebody who has something innate about them that you want to be in your life in some way, shape or form. So my mentor is a guy named Fabio Viviani. Uh, you may know him from the show Top Chef. Uh, he owns restaurants all over the country. They're going to do about $300 million in business this year. Um, so two things about that is I never want to be in the restaurant industry and I don't need to make $300 million a year. Um, but he is the, he has the biggest heart and he gives more than anybody I've ever met in my life. And I want to be that person to so many people. Uh, so he is my mentor. And then the fifth person is a coach. I believe at any given time, you should have a financial investment in your future, uh, whether that's in business in relationships in spirituality, whatever, you should always have some sort of financial transaction in your future. So you really get uncomfortable and force yourself to, to grow and whatever you need to grow in at that time. Um, and so those are the five people that I realized over the course of me building my success that I've had at all times. Now they've evolved and changed and who these people are in those roles, um, but they were constantly there. And so those are the five people that I choose to have in my life at any given time. And I realized that because of that, the, the good moments were even better because there were people there to celebrate with me and the bad moments weren't so bad. Um, because they picked me back up and they helped me put the right pieces in place. And then, you know, saw me on my way as I was able to grow and put the right pieces in place. Uh. 
So good. Such great advice. Oh my goodness. Such great advice. So, I mean, I love, 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 love that. And you guys are going to have to go back and listen to that again because it is really, really great advice. Really great advice. And so, and then I, there's one more thing I want to ask you. I mean, I know we're kind of like, you know, pushing up on time, but there's a really, really one, one great question that I want to ask you. And it's three things that you say that you do every single day. And so I want to make sure that we get that into. Yeah. So um, I actually have four things. So, so here's where this came from. I'll, I'll do that. And then I'll, I'll get through the four as quickly as possible. Oh, it is. It is four things that you do every day. I have it. I have it here. Yeah. It's four things you do every day. So I'll, yeah. I'll tell you why you may have thought three. So I asked a question on my show. It's a two-part question. The first part is what's your definition of success? The second part is what are three things you do every single day to ensure that success for yourself? Yeah, um, And I realized there was a common theme in the, the three things people did, and it was all to serve themselves in some way, shape or form, right? Whether it was working out or, ta- you know, meditating or whatever. And I, and I was like, well, there's clearly a secret there, right? I'm interviewing some of the most successful people on the planet and every single one of them has a, some sort of framework to it. And so I decided that I started with three and I've since added a fourth thing that's a non-negotiable in my life. And so the first one is I move my body in some way, shape or form. Um, whether it's taking a walk in the morning with my wife or, you know, lifting weights in the basement or whatever the case may be, I move my body in some way, shape or form. Second thing is I learn something new every single day. I'm a big believer in what is not growing is dead. Uh, and if I want to continue to serve at a higher level, I need to keep learning. The third thing is I do a daily visualization practice. Um, and I found that so whether important. it's a, a look, yeah, it's so important. And I, and I didn't realize the power of it until the last couple of years, but whether it's a small thing, like, Hey, I've got a podcast interview coming up. Let me visualize that or something big. Like, where do I see myself when I'm 65 years old? Right. Um, I visualize myself and I connect to every single sense during this visualization practice. And what it does for me is it makes the action needed to get to that point a lot easier. Right. Like I've been there already. Like I I want that feeling in my life. Emotion. Yeah. hundred percent. It's so huge. Important. And then, and then the fourth thing is I reach out to somebody I care about every single day and I just check on them. Hey, how's everything going? Just yes. wanted to check in. Um, yeah. And that, that fourth one for me has been a complete game changer. There's very few days that I go without people checking in on me. Um, and I just love the fact that I can be there for people that makes me feel good. And so that is, uh, those are the four things that have like, once I started doing them religiously, my so life has powerful. become so much easier. It's just crazy. So powerful that you, I, I, I when I was doing um, the the recon on you to to um, prepare for today, and I, I I heard that I was like, oh my god, that is so amazing that you do that. So amazing. I love that. I love that. So I, I, I want to know where people can learn about you and, and the things that you, you want to share, um, with the, with my, my community. So, uh, where can they find your podcast and all the good stuff about you? Yeah. Wherever they're listening to this show, they can just search growth now movement. It'll pop up, uh, I'm on all the platforms. Uh, and then my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. So at Justin T shank, you can see how to spell the last name in the show notes because it's it's a wonky one. Uh, but at <laughs> Justin T. Shank is my my username there. And those are my two favorite places. But if you Google me, it, it all comes up. Yeah, so it's S-C-H-E-N-C-K. Just so I'm going to just spell it out here so that everyone can... And then Justin is just the regular way to spell Justin, but <laughs> nothing fancy about that. <laughs> yeah, but definitely go check him out, follow him. 
And he's a really, really just a special soul. So make sure that you go subscribe to his show, check him out, go follow him on Instagram, and you will vibrate higher daily for doing so. So thank you. Thank you for being here with me. Rebecca, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Slayers, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about, Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network. Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever and take your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring, and each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. So if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.